Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. So many of my sweet pleasure seekers out there have gone through exactly what today's topic is about sexual trauma. I didn't call it sexual assault. I didn't call it rape. I didn't call it a lot of things because I wanted to have this term be very inclusive because I think my perception of it is maybe a little different than the definitions that are just out there in the world. And maybe redefining it can be helpful so that other people don't feel so confused by what's going on with them. And when I have looked up definitions, um, I, I don't have to say that I really like the definitions that are out there. Uh, not that people would like a definition of uh, assault. Maybe they do. I don't know. I can't really say. Um, so I'm not really going to tell you that necessarily. Like, this is the definition of of um, a trauma or, or like a sexual violence because there are several types of traumas in the world like there are several types of defined traumas like you know there's usually like acute chronic or complex traumas then within that there are other types of traumas like emotional um sexual and physical traumas right and then we also have other categories of things that happen so I mean, if you look at uh, the millions of articles out there on trauma, you're going to find a lot, a lot of information. There's a lot of information out there. There is There are definitions of uh, sexual trauma in itself. Sexual abuse uh, is what actually it came under are things like rape, sexual assault, child sexual abuse, assault by penetration, sexual harassment, spiking, which is when somebody's drugged you or you know, drunk, gotten you drunk and then done whatever they wanted to do, or they just, yeah, indecent exposure, cyber flashing, um, and female genital mutilation. I don't know about you, but when you just heard that list, how many, and there's way more, I have to say, this is just a very, this is from um, the rape uh, crisis site from uh, England and Wales. They just have these nine definitions and they also recognize that um, there are way more than this. So they're just kind of naming these top nine that I think they come across. But I do want to say that there are a hell of a lot more that are a lot more subtle. I will be mentioning those because the idea of this show today is to understand some of what some of the traumas are that you might have gone through. Because I think a lot of times people don't even realize the traumas they've gone through. In fact, I know that people don't realize the traumas they've gone through. Because when I talk to people about, have you experienced a trauma? They're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so in your life, did you ever have A, B, C, or D ever happen? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I'm like, okay, that was trauma, by the way. 
and they don't realize it. And I'm like, so how do you feel about that now? Well, I think about it. I'm like, okay, how does it affect your everyday life? Well, it's in my mind and I can't sleep sometimes when I think about it. I'm like, all right, cool. So actually it's affecting you. And a lot of times, even if it's a trauma that you can't remember, it may be affecting you in ways in an unconscious way that you're not aware of and your body is beginning to give you information about that. Now, there was actually a study done and I wanted to get the right and correct name here. Um, so there's a study done about different kinds of abuses done by um, the Kaiser Permanente in San Diego, California. It's called, you can find this information through what's called the ACE quiz. Um, and it was done with um, middle-aged patients between 1995 and 1997. And they were trying to find out some things around weight gain, actually. And what they found was that the people who were not losing, they were able to lose 100 pounds, but they really needed to, say, lose two or 300 pounds, had actually gone through when they realized it, when they started asking deeper questions, they realized that every single person had started gaining weight when there was a sexual trauma that had occurred. So one of the people had asked, that was asked, was asked, like, at what age did you start gaining this weight? And they said, uh, or at what age did you become sexually active? And they, uh, or how, oh, sorry, the question was, how much did you weigh when, before the weight gain? Um, and how much did you weigh when you were sexually, when you first became sexually active? And they said, I weighed 40 pounds and I was four years old. And that's when the sexual abuse started. And that's when the weight gain started. So there was found to be a massive correlation between the inability to lose weight. The trauma of that to your body is huge. It's just huge. And I think what people don't realize is how it affects so much of your endocrine system so your adrenals now in your life are going to be constantly on one of those four f's right the fight the flight the fawn or the freeze mode and any one of those when your body is in constant um is in constant uh relation to one of those like if it's in constant freeze you're going to be kind of stuck, right? In your life, you're not really going to have a lot to move forward. You're not, you're also going to feel frozen. I mean, freeze is a reason for it is because you actually don't feel like you can move. And, and I've, I've through the work I do with people, when I find that they go into freeze mode, they often don't stick up for themselves. Now, some people who go into fight mode um, or flight mode, <laughs> fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. So some people go into flight mode, they run, and there tends to be this um, ongoing thing where even if they try to flight, run away from the abusers, that they in their life, they do tend to have that uh, repeated in their relationships where they are always trying to find a way to escape. I'm really generalizing here, um, and I'm really generalizing with like the clients I've worked with over the last... Um, 20 some years. So I don't have stats or numbers on this stuff. It's just, um, you know, working with people, you get to get to know them, <laughs> you kind of get to know their stories, because it's a lot of what I do is I take, uh, take down and take into account people's lives and their stories, and how that affects them. And sometimes it's not on the first, the first uh, session that we can get that deep, but sometimes we get pretty deep and we find out what is actually going on here. What happened? Like when you were two, what happened? What was going on there? What happened when you were seven? Okay, wait, you don't remember any of that. And, and to help people have 
information to help them move forward. Sometimes people need information to move forward. Sometimes they just need to know there was something and now I need to clear that and now I need to move forward. So different methods for different people work really well. And so I've studied so much uh, in my life to be able to, to bring a lot of different methods forward while I work with people. So so I talked a little bit about some responses, right? So we've got the fight response. We've got the flight response. You might run away. We've got the freeze response. You might be stuck. Um, the fawn response is kind of like there isn't a lot of activity, but it's kind of, uh, it's a little different. Um, so then the fight response is where you actually want to like attack, right? So, um, and sometimes you have combinations of both. You might first go into freeze, then you might go into flight then you might go into fight you might have instincts where you go to fight and then you freeze they can be combined so it's not that you're going to necessarily have one but you might have one response that's more common than others and how do you know if if you've been around any of this well there are a lot of things that would have you in your life feel um odd or like there's been something strange sexually going on in your life and even to the point where sometimes when parents make sex very, very wrong, like they've told you your whole life that it's wrong, dirty, and nasty. If you were caught as a five-year-old touching yourself and you were told that was very wrong, I don't know about you, but I know I had that happen. Why? Because I'm a curious being, if none of you know that by now. But yes, I was made very wrong for it. Not by my mother. My mother could have cared less. It was other people who were, <laughs> my mom was like, Melissa, would you stop rubbing yourself on the pillows? Because now I got to wash your pillows every day. I was like, all right, mom. I'm like, what else can I do? I'm five. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. So it was more like the, for my mom, it was more like the, um, just a pain in the butt to constantly do laundry as a, you know, as a single mom. She didn't have a lot of spare time for me to be always rubbing myself on pillows, but she didn't necessarily make me wrong for it, but she didn't really have a conversation about it either, which I think was okay because my mom didn't neither have the language uh, nor the comfort level to talk to me about it. But um, anybody else who had ever done that had actually specifically told me what I was doing was wrong. I shouldn't do that. Um, and and I do remember being reprimanded for things like, I think I had a, a boyfriend around the same time. I was five. He was six. And he like kissed me in daycare and I thought I was pretty cool. And I like went home and reported it and reported how cool it was. And my dad had, was so freaking mad. He, not only was he mad that I was, that I was even allowed to be in a school that that happened. He was absolutely pissed. And then he took me to get lectures from every woman he knew other than my own mother. He took me to several of his friends. So I would see my dad on weekends. And so during one weekend with him, I think I talk, got to talk to at least four of his friends or they talked to me. They didn't ask me any questions. They just told me how bad it was. I shouldn't be doing that. I don't know what my dad imagined being kissed by a six-year-old boy meant to him. But now, now later on, I understand what that meant to him because, you know, he's he's been able to have more conversations with me more in depth about his life and what happened to him. I'm not going to reveal that on here because that's uh, not something that I have permission to reveal. But I think he's had a lot of awarenesses. And now I have awareness of where he was coming from to understand that, whoa, something, some pretty weird stuff went down, right? And that 
gets carried on through life and it does get projected um, at who you know your children like if something happened to you you're going to project that at your kids too because you're worried and you're thinking hey it happened to me it could happen to you even though you might be totally um it might be totally something subconscious or you didn't even know how it affected you you just knew it was there like this looming glom of slime that just sits there in your consciousness and you're like there's a slime in my consciousness and my being and I don't know what that is but I'm afraid of it so what happens is we have this beautiful soul and I was trying to find the name of the person who created this work and my mom reminded me before the show and I forgot to write it down Um, but there's this amazing man you can find his work on a site called Sovereign by Design and um, you have to become a member to actually get into their, their classes because they're sovereign. So you need to be a member. Um, so, uh, so the gist of his work is that, and if I can remember it while we're on here, I will, or maybe I'll um, find it later and name it in a later show. So, and I've mentioned this in other shows too, is that basically we're souls, right? Uh, we've got bodies, we're souls. And what happens is when there's been trauma, it's like your soul gets clouded and murky. And then your murky clouded soul ends up having to, to do something in order for, um, to function, right? So your clouded murky soul being, you know, you have this murky soul, then all of a sudden there's these things that, that are like onion layers. And I'm sure if you've done any healing work, you've heard about peeling back the onions. Well, this is kind of like an onion layer or a bullseye. Okay. So you got your soul, you've got the cloudy murkiness in the soul, um, if you can imagine a bullseye and then on the next layer on the outside would be that there's fear that comes after there's been trauma. So in this case, we're talking about, there may have been a sexual trauma. Maybe there was actual, um, you know, maybe there was sexual abuse that happened, a sexual assault. Maybe there was child sexual abuse, uh, rape, penetration, harassment, clouding your soul. Then what layers on top of that is the fear. Oh, like fear of so many different kinds of fear could come up from that fear of people, you know, people in general feel fear of, of um, having like, there can be anxieties that come up too, like not feeling safe, especially around, it could be around um, the sex or the gender, the person who sexually harassed or abused you, you might have a lot of uh, you might feel really frightened around that. There can be also fear of life in general because you don't feel safe. So the fear can be very vague. The fear can be very specific. Um, the fear, ironically, can even be unrelated. So strangely, the more I worked on different things that were like traumas of of my life, um, like traumas of, because even things like, like, uh, poverty is a kind of a trauma so growing up we we weren't we weren't dead poor but we were poor <clears throat> um you know we survived we had food so i'm really grateful for that and we had a roof over our head and i was really grateful for that too but we were definitely not anywhere in the even middle class we were in like the lower lower middle class we were like that one step above of um being on welfare so we were like that one step above that and that's only because my mom's pride would never let her be on welfare so that's where we were and so we were like we lived in pretty much uh we were really poor and so that actually trauma led 
me to eventually have weird fears, like fears of rodents. And it's so cool because here I am today talking about this. And this morning, um, I had this like live trap in my office because we'd had this interesting, um, we'd had an interesting creature in the house called an ermine, which is like a weasel, but it goes white and we were trying to catch it. But uh, we haven't caught that baby yet, which is a really unusual thing to have in a house and symbolically very interesting. Um, however, I did catch a live mouse in my office instead. And normally, like for years, that would have had me have mini heart attack, like almost a panic attack, screaming like absolute fear, absolute freaking terror. And uh, what's really cool is today, I normally had this mouse in my office and I didn't freak out. I was like, oh, there's a mouse in my office. And I looked at him in the face and I was like, I'm looking at the cage now, it's empty, but... <laughs> I was like, oh, like he's actually kind of cute. And I just like referred to him, hey, the little mister, the little mister needs to go outside. Um, my hair was wet, so I didn't take him out. I was waiting for somebody to take him out that didn't have wet hair. Uh, so those kind of traumas can actually lead to fears that we don't even understand. Like my trauma of, of poverty, I did connect the dots and realize that that's where my fear of mice came from was the trauma of poverty. Um, so sometimes if you have fears in your life, backtracking to your soul, like what happened to your soul, like what trauma affected your soul. So we're going to talk about more of those layers of the onion when we get back. How can we undo this stuff? And then how can we move forward so that we can have both pleasure, all those things like pleasure and desire and arousal because sexual traumas can affect all of that. And we want to be able to shift that for you. And I know it's possible. I know it personally. So uh, for those of you who are listening live on Facebook, come on over and listen on Inspired Choices Network. Uh, just come on over to Inspired Choices Network and join us here. And for those of you who are listening live elsewhere, I'm so grateful for you. Stick around. We're going to have a great rest of the show. You're listening to Inspired Choices. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. 
This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. For those of you who have listened to the first segment and you're like, oh man, I got probably, I got some traumas because I got fears. If I got fears, that means I got traumas. And I think his work is the most amazing because it's such a cool way to look at it. Like if you've got fear, there was an original trauma. So let's look at the next layer of that, um, that bullseye. So you got, you've got the clouded soul, you've got fear on top of that, like the next layer. And then on top of that, you have um, false, what does he call it? False ideas, false beliefs, sorry, false beliefs. So false beliefs cover our fears. So what are some of the false beliefs you might have out there? So false belief for me, I'll talk about the one about the mice, like the false belief for me had to do a lot with, um, I'll never have money. Everybody's convinced me I'm going to be poor my whole life. I have a glass ceiling of how much I can earn. Oh, crap, I'm going to be in this poverty my whole life. Like I'm going to always live on the edge my whole life. How stressful is that, right? You don't even realize that your body is constantly running these messages and they're, they're silent sometimes. Sometimes you can hear them loud in your head and know you're not crazy because these are these are experiences that you know. So they're memories sometimes running. Sometimes they're things that you don't realize you remember, but they're just these like noises in your head. And you're like, what the heck is happening? False beliefs. So if you have false beliefs too, so we're going to take this into um, the sexual arena because we're going to look at the trauma of sexual uh, abuse. And I'm going to, not just sexual abuse, any kind of sexual trauma. So let me be clear on some sexual traumas because I want to really connect this show to you for sexual traumas. So sexual traumas, we talked about some of the obvious. We talked about rape, penetration. We talked about things like, um, you know, genital mutilation. And on this site, they call, you know, they specifically call out female genital mutilation, but I'm going to go for male genital mutilation as well. Um, I mean, I'm not against men being circumcised. If there's like a religious reason why that's been going on for a hundred years, and there's something that has you feel like it's tradition and you want to connect with it and it helps you feel deeply connected to your beliefs, that's one thing. But if you're doing it for some other reason, I also categorize that as a kind of genital mutilation. Yes, I do. <laughs> so I'm just saying you're cutting a body part. It's just as much as if you cut somebody's earlobe off. I mean, that little part of their ear, they might not need it. However, it's still a mutilation. So I'm just saying. So sexual harassment, cyber flashing, indecent exposure. We're going to go right to rape because I think this one is way more common than most people want to admit and one that I can relate to. So you look at the, the rape as a trauma to the body. The fears that come on top of that are, I'm just going to talk about my fears that came on top of that. My fears that came on top of that were nobody's ever going to love me. I'm the most unlovable person there is. I'm going to have to over, I'm just going to tell you what my brain came up with that would run all the time is I'm going to have to overcompensate to make sure that people like me, I'm going to have to give everything I got. I'm going to have to, um, 
not only overcompensate, I'm going to give you a list of traits that I actually had because I have a little list here. So um, one of the things is I would compare myself to others a lot. I'm like, well, oh, they're so much better than I am because, oh my God, I have this trauma that is like sitting in my life and I can't quite let it go. Um, I'm not good enough. Um, I need I need to feel uh, a, that others approve of me. Um, I, and at the time I was also exaggerating a lot. Like 10, 15 years ago, I would exaggerate a lot and I didn't know it because I just... It was a trauma response and I needed to feel valuable. Now I do the opposite and I kind of underestimate my abilities, but that's okay. Um, we're going to go with modesty. I don't know, whatever. So, um, and then also some of the other things that came out of that was I was resentful. I was resentful that other people didn't, you know, I was like, well, how come I went through this and they didn't? And it took me a long time to understand an inner stand, it was an inner experience to understand what it was that was the gift in it. And I know that sounds right fucked up, but there was a gift in it for me. I wouldn't be able to talk to you guys today about any of this had I not experienced that. I also wouldn't have gone on a crazy amount of healing and research and like self-development. I was doing some self-development prior, but I went self-development hardcore. I also was absolutely determined to trust myself no matter what, because I was so, uh, so afraid of screwing up again. Like I can't be wrong, which was really hard. Now I'm allowing myself to not always have to be right. And it's hard. So if you are in a relationship, sometimes with somebody who's like, I have to be right, I have to be right, I have to be right. You might want to step back and go, I wonder what it was like, and you can, you know, if you have an open conversation, if you're in a relationship with somebody that you can have an open conversation, you can say, do you know where that like stems from that you need to always be right? You can say it in an open-ended way, but sometimes having somebody intervene and ask um, for you can be helpful too. For example, having like um, like a counselor or a therapist, or even like me, a sex and intimacy coach, ask you some of these very deep questions about, and they sound surface, but they're not, they're very deep. Like, do you know when you actually started to feel like you had to be right all the time? When did it start? What was the trigger? What age were you? what was going on in your life. So from very little, I needed to be right. But after uh, sexual violence to my body, I needed to be really right. Because if I wasn't right, I could die. I could be raped. I could have all these, if I wasn't right, I, there could be so many things that happened. So I had to be right. I had to be right. And I had to be right about all my choices. I had to be right about the choices of relationships that I was choosing at the time, even though they were really unhealthy, um, very abusive. I didn't get out because I had to be right. I couldn't be wrong about anything because if I was wrong, then there was going to be worse things that could happen to me. And that was all unconscious, right? So it gets deep, right? It gets really deep. So, so just on that note, like when you look at it, I know I sound like I'm sounding very calm, cool, and collective about this. It's been years and years of work. And sometimes I still have breakdowns. And I and I acknowledge that. I'm like, I'm having one of those days where it's just things are affecting me and I see it and I know it. And I'm running certain personality traits 
uh, really evidently in my life. And I need to like go step back and go, wow, what are some of these traits that I'm using right now? Like some of the ones that I'd mentioned earlier, right? And if you want to understand more about that, I'm happy to work with you on that. So you can always connect with me through melitzajelinik.com. The very bottom of my website, there's a book now link. You can book time with me. Uh, first 15 minutes is a gift. So you can actually go on there, figure out, uh, pick out that 15 minutes. If you like to chat with me, we can chat it out. And if you if you want to go further, if you automatically love me and you want to talk further, we can absolutely do that too. You can book a half an hour or an hour and we can go from there. So how do we how do we heal these deep, dark traumas so that we can have pleasure, so we can have all of these things? But one of them is to recognize it, right? Okay, so we went, we're going through some layers. So we've got the the fears that came up. Oh, I'll never be loved, blah, blah, blah. The false beliefs are also in there. The fear of never being loved and the fear of um, being abandoned and not having somebody help me. That was huge because there, there was the potential for somebody to help and they did not. So for me to be able to ask people to help took me a really, really long time to be able to ask people to help because... I didn't trust anybody would actually do it because in the one time I needed it the most and the one person who could have actually done it did not do it. So you can understand how that could be a little bit messy to your brain. Then the false beliefs kick in. Well, nobody's ever going to do it. Nobody's ever going to help me. I'm not worthy of that. God doesn't like me. God did this to me. I'm abandoned. False beliefs all these wonderful false beliefs kick in, right? So we have these generally these fears of uh, fear of rejection and abandonment that kick in uh, where you have these habits where you might start to say yes to people even when you don't want to. Why? Because you just don't be like fighting and sometimes you haven't even learned how to say no. And guess what? You've said no and people haven't effing listened. So you're like, why bother saying no when nobody's going to listen? And you might not even realize you're doing that, but you're doing that. All right. And you might also have something where you see people um, in the context of how they can do things for you. Um, and you're like, well, I can only I can only be with you, be friends with you if you can help me do A, B and C. So relationships become sticky. Um, there's a lot of different ways that we relate to people. when We have a fear of uh, rejection and abandonment. And we get a lot of different stress-related behaviors, like trying to accommodate people's needs and wants uh, rather than upsetting them. I did that a lot in, in, in um, the past. And now I realize that, I, wait a second, I'm a person too, and I'm actually allowed to have pleasure. I'm allowed to get the things I desire, and I'm allowed to have arousal and not be feeling bad about it. We're going to move on to the next segment after this um, this, this uh, commercial break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, 
you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. For those of you who have been listening, we've kind of listed some things that were like sexual um, abuses, traumas that could have occurred. And um, there are some more subtler ones too that um, maybe I didn't mention, but things like coercion, uh, where somebody is constantly trying to get you to choose yes when in your heart of hearts you're saying no. And I think a lot of times, I was actually reading a story the other day, which was um, really an amazing um, story. I don't know if it's, I think it was based on a true story of somebody that I was reading on Facebook. And it was a story of uh, a mother and a child and um, the father. And the mother was lying in bed and the little child came into bed and wanted to cuddle. And the mom usually is like, really likes her space in the morning, but she said, yeah, okay, yeah, you can come and cuddle. So the child cuddled and then the dad came in and said, oh, give me a hug. And the kid was like, I don't want to. And then the dad played the game of, oh, you don't love me. He did this thing where he was trying to coerce the child. And the child's like, no, I don't want to hug daddy. Like, being very clear, being very direct, as much as a child can be clear and direct without yelling and probably getting yelled at for yelling. Um, and and then there was this like coercive energy and some manipulative energy that came out of him, where which was like, well, fine, I'll just go sleep in, in the kid's bed by myself and I'll be all alone and all sad and blah, blah, blah. It's like, wow, you're trying to lay in guilt. You're trying to lay in this. You're trying to lay in that. And when I look at 
all of that stupid energy, which I love that story. And it's such a contribution to looking at some of these things for this show. Um, it was like, wow, how much of a pile of bull crap have any of us been piled onto as children? I remember as a kid, um, my dad had all these friends and in the Serbian culture, you kiss everybody and you hug everybody, even though you don't want to. And even though they smell and even though they're perverts, you're supposed to hug and kiss them. So even when I didn't want to, my dad would go, oh, you're too scared. And I was like, no, I just don't fucking like them. But I didn't have the words for it. I didn't have the words to go. I don't like them. They're perverts. I don't want to go near them. I have since explained to my dad this, and he was like apologetic for the um, the uh, guilting and the stuff. He was somewhat apologetic, which is huge for him at 85. He's growing as a person. <laughs> so, so uh, and that's what he was taught, right? So he was taught this crazy way of making you feel poopy and then you have to do this and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, you know, I see where I might have done that in my life with my kid, which is crap. And so that can just end now. Um, and it goes on, right? But there's been worse. So if you've if you've had that, you know, it might not seem like a big deal, but it's where even when you were really little, your no didn't matter. You acknowledging what was good and true for you didn't matter. And I actually have little nieces and nephews who have on several occasions been told, hug your auntie before you go. I'm like, like, only if you want to, like, don't do it if you don't want to. It's not an obligation. And I am not offended if you don't want to hug me. It is honoring to you. And it's honoring to me because nobody asked me either if I wanted a hug or a kiss from you either. <laughs> so cool. Not that I don't like you. I just maybe don't want that right now. But because things become so tradition, we think it's acceptable and we think there's something wrong with you if you don't want it and you're insulting. Bullshit. Insult people all you like. Say no all the time. Say no. Practice it in the mirror. I had so much fun with a client last week who her whole life, she's an older Italian lady and her whole life, she never was allowed to say no. And this shit that had happened to that woman in her life is awful. Um, and I, I was teaching her how to say no. And by the end, she was like, no, by the end of it, she's coming from her solar plexus. She's empowered. She's like, no. And I'm like, that's how you say no. And keep on saying no. And when you see those assholes faces come in your face and they're looming there and you feel like they're still impacting you. No, you get them out of your face and you come from your solar plexus. So if you don't know what that means, you're going to breathe deep and you're going to come into your body and you're going to celebrate no, and it's going to come out of you. And it might come out first like a growl, and it might sound ugly because you've never said it, so it doesn't sound familiar. Practice it all the time. Practice it with people you don't even know. Practice it with people you do know. Have a hell of a lot of fun saying no. And the thing is, I first practiced receiving no before I could say no. And I receive no's from all kinds of people. I would ask street people for money just to see if they would say no to me because I thought they would be the obvious no. Um, but surprisingly, that wasn't always the case. So I learned to receive no's. I learned to give no's. And they're such a gift. That's such one of the most empowering words we have 
uh, in the English language is no. And when we can actually stand behind it and put the energy behind it is step number one to me. So you acknowledge where the shit hit the fan. And I could go on, you know, after, after the false beliefs, we have these facades. After the facades, we have addictions, right? So this is kind of the cycle of how addictions occur. No, don't need to go all that deep. If you want to go deeper with me, I'm happy to do so uh, with you personally. So you can connect with me on that. See what your facades are. So your fears, your false beliefs, your facades and your addictions and where those original traumas came from. We can absolutely do that. So, you know, all of those, isn't that cool? There's that bullseye and it just grows and all of these things come on top of it. So when we break it down and we clear your soul of all these traumas, you start to actually live who you are. You get to say no in a really empowering way. And even, you know, when you say no, don't waver. When some, when you say no, and somebody's like, come on, oh, come on. No, you said no, F off, end of story. It's the coercion is it's like for me coercion is like nails on a chalkboard it is such a screech in my soul it actually enrages me to the point where i want to like pummel somebody so my you know my fight flight fear, freeze and fawn reaction on those my fight reaction gets so hard when there's coercion i'm i'm like become a bear and if when i when i see coercion it drives me nuts so <laughs> i'm not a fan there are there is a difference between coercion and and when you have in a uh, when you have authentically a relationship where you where you're doing something that's called um, oh, what is it called it's uh, consensual non consent and there's understanding around consensual non consent where you say no but you you don't mean no but that's actually a a thing that you discuss with your partner and it's part of kind of the kink. Uh, area and it's part of the BDSM kind of umbrella and that requires a that is a different way to approach things and also it requires a lot of understanding prior to any of that so let's say no so I love the word no isn't it amazing so we're going to start with that recognize these things say no to them if they're running in your head you actually stop you go no and so this is what I did in my own personal uh, growth was I went, no, I did a lot of gestalt therapy on this and I did a lot of energetic work. I did like weekly therapy for 14 years on all of my problems. And now I do regular things, but not every week. I actually, you know, for a person at the time I was earning 685 an hour and I was paying $85 a session. I was spending like $340 a month, which was almost as much as my rent on therapy at the time. So, uh, yeah, it was an intense uh, experience and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Uh, I learned so much about myself. I actually learned how to be empowered. I learned that my nose meant something to me and that's all that matters. If nobody else wants to listen, walk away. Uh, definitely walk away. And in situations now, in some situations of human trafficking, that's really fucking hard. But you also, um, there are ways to recover from that. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times with things like human trafficking, that people just can't have jobs, they don't have enough way to make a uh, living, so they end up back in, into the human trafficking um, areas, but uh, that's a conversation for a different uh, day, so this is on an individual, very a way that you're ready to heal. And whether you've been, you know, violated pe through penetration, whether you've had 
um, sexual harassment, whatever it was that um, affected you. And, you know, I don't know, people might put it on a scale of one to 10 or something like how bad was that? You cannot say for any one person how bad their experience is compared to another, because I've heard speakers who were violently raped their entire lives and they come like daily and they come out of it and they're like super amazingly functional human beings because they've learned tools and they've learned ways to um, move past it. So for me, my tool was being able to do gestalt therapy with that was to look at the, the abuse and yell at the abuse and have conversation with it, switch the story around. I became empowered through letting myself be empowered in the story I was telling my own brain. If you're telling yourself a story in your brain that you are the victim, you will be the victim forever. If you tell yourself a new story of, okay, so wait, that might have happened. Now, if I rewrite that story, I took over in that room. I beat the fuck out of those assholes. I walked away unscathed, and that is my new reality. So you can switch your story. And so when I tap into my stories now, it's a little different. I did use, and this is not for everybody, but it worked for me, is that I also used masturbation as a tool to heal trauma because I needed to reconnect with my body and I needed to reconnect in a way that every time my body got touched, I didn't need to, to have tears streaming down my face for any kind of touch, which was happening. You know, I could have a touch on my shoulder and I would start to bawl and I would try and hide it and repress it and it was getting worse. So for me to heal that, I needed to learn to be okay with touching my own self, breathing, getting myself to connect and realizing I'm safe. In that very second, I'm safe. And I would check my room and I would breathe in for four, hold for four, check and see if I'm safe and breathe out for eight. And then I would look around. And eventually I got to the place where I was able to have pleasure and not have the image of violence running through my head and crying and feeling messed up and feeling twisted and demented. Why? Because bodies get aroused. Bodies get aroused sometimes when there's been violence to them because that's the nature of bodies is that when you put pressure on a clitoris, it has a response. When you put pressure on a penis, it has a response. When And you don't necessarily have pleasure with it. In fact, you probably don't if you haven't asked for it. And so it messes with your brain and you think that there's something wrong with you. Like, why did my body react? Your body reacted because your body reacts. That doesn't mean you had pleasure. That doesn't mean you had desire. And that doesn't mean you said, yes, there was no consent, right? No consent, no desire, no pleasure is a no fucking go, even if there was arousal. And I want to be really clear on that because I think that is something that is overlooked way too much and even legally it's overlooked way too much where the person uh will even do shit like record the situation when they're being a rapist and they're like see she had an orgasm no she was had absolute violence done to her body and her body was aroused because of what you freaking did there was zero desire zero pleasure and zero consent and those MOFOs need to like mofos they need to just go to jail i would say more than that but you know i have ideas of what should be done to people who do stuff like that but you know if i did that i'd go to jail too so i'm not going to do that so we're going to be 
really clear that if you went through a situation in your life and you knew that you didn't want it and you're so confused by why your body responded, sweeties, your body responded because it didn't know any different. That's what bodies do. We're going to head to our next commercial break. I want you to take some deep breaths in. Hold for four, out for eight. Look in your environment, see if you're safe. And we're going to come back after this commercial. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com now back to the program welcome my sweet pleasure seekers today we're talking about moving past that sexual trauma and into experiencing and being able to experience pleasure desire and of course arousal still so i talked a little bit about first learn to say no honor your no stick to your no receive no's and give no's it's practice. Now, the second part for me, this is what I did, was I talked to somebody. I had a therapist. I had several, actually, therapists, different kinds. I did um, art therapy, gestalt therapy, movement therapy, dance therapy. Um, I did some, oh, uh, I did uh, hypnotherapy. Then I did other energy work, uh, homeopathy, radionics, uh, somatic body work. I did a lot of things. <laughs> I didn't give up and I still don't give up because I know that people need to know there are options and there are things that can actually help you out there. So um, absolutely connect with me if you want to be able to start to heal this process. It's a process. It doesn't happen in one session, but it is a process and I'm happy to contribute to you. So you're going to know, you're going to learn how, you're going to say no. You can do some therapies, absolutely write about it, find people that are your support system that you can talk to on those days when things feel like they're falling apart. You need to find some people you can trust, but first you got to learn to trust you. And one of the things I teach is also learning how to trust yourself, because for me, that was so key. I needed to learn how to trust me, number one, because I felt like I failed myself. So if you don't know how to trust you, I have uh, hundreds of tools on how to trust you, and I'd be happy to share those. So I have courses on them online. I also do that in my uh, my practice, my private practice. Learning to trust you, learning to say no, learning to have conversations, talk about it, move it out of your body through somatic body work is 
phenomenal. Doing trauma release exercises is phenomenal. And then, you know, what's even more amazing is finding out what you actually like, even if it's only one thing and doing it. So sometimes that one thing can be really obscure. Um, I like some really obscure things. I love glass blowing and I love puppeteering. <laughs> I love things that are really kind of obscure for, you know, they're kind of obscure. And so for me, it was being able to express myself through different things. Um, and actually puppeteering is one of the things that was really helpful for me. I kind of laugh at myself, but it is, and it's actually very therapeutic for me still. I have I have many puppets and many dolls that I use as therapy tools. So uh, having your method that can help you find what you like, also then starting to uh, reintroduce yourself to your body, because any violence to your body will often create a disconnect. It will create this feeling of like estrangement that you'll have all these little parts of you all over the place. And it's like reclaiming these parts of you that feel like they've disappeared and gone to different places. And finding them, reclaiming them, integrating them into your body and bringing them, bringing them to you so you feel whole again. So that's reclaiming yourself as well. And then, um, yeah, knowing that. So introducing yourself to your body and finding what actually brings me pleasure. You know, you, you might find that you have some, and it's all about exploration and not making it wrong and finding a partner, even eventually that you can use uh, this with too. Finding people who do even um, sexual somatic body work, definitely investigate them before you go to them. But doing it for yourself can really help too. And if you don't know how to do that, I can always talk to you about that too on a session. How do you do some somatic body work for yourself? Somatic body breathing, somatic breathing, somatic body work, and like having your body feel, feel and be able to bring back some life and feel again, feel integrated, feel whole. It's pretty powerful stuff. And then whenever you know what your sexual exciters are, what turns you on, create a list. Whatever you know what turns you off, create a list. Be really aware of them. There are actually tests out there that you can take that can show you what are your sexual exciters, what are your sexual inhibitors. Um, if you check out Emily Nagoski's work, she's actually got worksheets for learning about your sexual inhibitors and your sexual exciters from... Um, is from a bunch of research articles I think she collected and created a, a questionnaire out of it. So Emily Nagoski, if you look up her um, healing sheets on her site, you can download those for her book. She also has a, a whole workbook that you can work through that's really amazing. I'm a huge fan of Emily Nagoski, so check her out. Um, I'm just really grateful that you guys are even listening and willing to start to begin to heal your sexual traumas. And if you really want to dive deeper, remember to connect with me through MilicaJelenic.com, M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. Go to the bottom, click on the book now. Until next week, stay tuned in and turned on. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.